This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Jenny has a five-book series called The Story of God that tells the story from creation all the way to heaven. And now for the first time, you can find The Story of God set on dayspring.com. Right now, you can get 30% off of your entire order. So go find Jenny's five-book series for kids called The Story of God on dayspring.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Made for This podcast. This is Chloe, and I am really, really, really excited about today's episode because honestly, it feels like we get to be a part of a conversation with Jenny and our friend Jackie Hill Perry, just talking about things like quiet time and abiding with God and legalism and what fruit that actually yields and all kinds of stuff. They cover all kinds of things. And I just know that this episode really blessed me as I listened to it. And I know it's going to encourage you too. So here you go. Here's a conversation with Jenny and Jackie Hill Perry. Well, guys, Jackie Hill Perry is in the house. I wish it was in my actual house. That would be nice. I wish we could actually hang out because, yeah, I like you, Jackie. I like you. You're my friend. And what's funny, you got this sweater on. You in Texas. I'm confused. Oh, you know what? It's rainy today. When it rains or is less than 90 degrees, we wear sweaters. Okay. That's (laughs) what happens. Okay. We put on boots and we put on sweaters. Well, thank you for inviting me, Mrs. Allen. I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited about your devotional. First of all, can we just talk about the cute little bird on the cover and (laughs) the story of your cover? Because it is the greatest cover. That's beautiful. Yeah, we went through a couple iterations and, you know, cover art is a big deal for me. I think the, yes. I, I think a book, you can judge by a book by its cover sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so when they came back with that one, it, it evoked something in me viscerally, which is the reaction that I want people to feel. You know, it's like this bird who wakes up and is singing who to the creator, I was supposed, and just kind of like that being a metaphor for us, like that we should be waking up and singing to him or talking to him or at the very least saying hello. Is that easy for you? Easier now. Um, It didn't used to be. um, And I think I've, I've tried to make it a practice because I've seen the difference in my ability to serve others when I've met with God. Um, And I no longer kind of have this like, religious pressure that God will hate me if I don't talk to him. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, if, if I, if I have room or space for 10 minutes or an hour, he still loves me, you know? And so I think, I think having a concept of like being secure in Jesus, even apart from the intensity of my spiritual disciplines has freed me to meet him without all the extra baggage. Let's go back to old Jackie just became a Christian because I know she was a little legalistic. I've seen some of your <laughs> posts. They're so great. <laughs> so well, great. fresh, fresh Jackie wasn't. It was when Jackie got around the older legalistic saints. Okay, so yeah. so you 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 get indoctrinated there, and then something changes, and even just it just came out of you just now. Like you experience God's grace, you experience His favor, even when you aren't deserving of it. What what shifted, and what does that feel like now? Do you ever miss legalistic? Jackie, there are some book pros to being legalistic. It kind of keeps like us in what? Mind. Oh, I don't know. We just we just discipline. 
yeah, yeah. That. But it's a it's a joyless discipline. And so right. that's that's not fun. <laughs> it's feeling yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna go to hell if I don't do this. I think what what changed is I was a part of a church community that was hyper legalistic. I don't know if you can't be hyper legalistic, but they were to the point, you know, nobody hugged in the church. We all fist bumped um, because you didn't want to, you know, you wanted to guard your heart. If you were on the phone with people, you you made sure that you at least mentioned Jesus at some point in the conversation, because if you didn't, it was considered having an idle conversation. Um, and wow. so you met with God every single day. God forbid you get into a car and you don't give somebody the gospel. It was just very intense. And I thought that was Christianity um, until we uh, came to find out that our our leadership were all being sexually immoral, using wow. scriptures to manipulate women into sexual practices and, and all the things. Ugh. And so that kind of crushed me because it was like, we're all trying to obey God with all of these like precepts and laws that y'all gave us and y'all are living lawless. Like that's crazy. And so I had to kind of, I won't, I won't say deconstruct, but I had to just get back to the basics of what is grace? What is like, why was the Holy Spirit sent? What is justification? What does that all mean? What do God, mm. God, do you love me even when I do nothing? And I think going through that process just kind of, I don't know, freed me a bit. So going through that process is for a lot of people, they walk away from God. They walk away from the church. Yeah. I mean, you say that like it was kind of a Saturday, but that probably was pretty dramatic. <laughs> no, it was it was traumatic for sure. It was. Yeah. Yeah. God was kind. I think I think he kept me. And so one of the ways he kept me is that I was super like uh, I just was cool on church for a minute. And I made it up in my mind that if I if I have my Bible, if I got the Holy Ghost and I got a couple friends that, uh, you know, hang out with me every now and again and talk about Jesus at Applebee's. I'll be straight. Like I don't necessarily, I don't need to be a member of a local church to love the Lord. Um, and I had moved home back home to St. Louis and I was at Chipotle. I was probably 20. I, I, I went back home and I saw this guy and this other guy, this black guy and this white guy opening the Bible together. And I was like, huh, I should ask them what they're doing. And you know, that ain't even my personality. So that's how you no, know it's the Holy Ghost. So <laughs> I went over and I was like, Hey, I see y'all reading the Bible together. Like, do y'all go to a church or something? And they were like, yeah, we're actually starting a church plant. Long story short, um, I went to the church plant. In that time, the pastor, the first time we met, he took me to Acts where uh, Jesus is talking to Paul. And he says, like, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, I'm not even persecuting you. And Jesus is like, if you persecute in the church, you persecute me. And the spirit used that to convict me, but challenge me to see the church in the way that Jesus sees the church, which is that he's so identified with his bride that if I'm going to love Jesus, I need to love his body. And so I think being planted back in a healthy body then helped me to process the true gospel. Wow. I mean, that right there, people are going to have to sit with that, rewind that, because yeah, the conviction of it is is bigger than our desire, bigger than our Mm. hurt, bigger Mm -hmm. than the reality that this is hard. So let's talk about your devotional. Was it fun to create this? What'd you, what'd you think about when you were writing this, when you were thinking about all the people that would read it? Oh man, I don't even know. Yeah. It wasn't fun per se. (laughs) It was kind of hard. I didn't expect it to be as difficult as it was to the point that we had to skim it down because originally it was, it was supposed to be 90 days. And I went back to the publisher and was like, yeah, I can't, (laughs) I can't. I've do done 90. that. <laughs> we got to do two months, yes. sir. And yeah. so, 
Um, I don't know. I, I guess I thought about what I would want to read. Like mm-hmm. I would want if if you gonna have me getting up in the morning and and supposedly meet with God, then this thing needs to have some meat. It needs to have some depth. Yeah. It needs to uh, challenge me and redirect my thinking or even my view of my myself, my view of the world, my understanding of the scriptures. Like if I if I if I only have fifteen minutes, how can I be challenged but also encouraged in a in a place that I don't know would serve people? So that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about what would I want, and so I wrote that way. You have a lot of outputs right now in your life, mm-hmm. speaking, podcasts, writing. What are your inputs? Like what what are you taking in? What where do you where do you take it in? When do you take it in? Yeah. There's the Lord. <laughs> and so <laughs> I've had seasons that were busier than this one that left me really empty and mm-hmm. stressed and anxious and sad and confused. And that was because I didn't have a discipline of abiding. I was just pouring, 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 pouring. And so I just was empty. Um, and so I've I've made it my business now to get with God because I just I it's just I'm just not a good person. And so there's that. I think people, I don't have a lot of friends, but the people that I do have are good people, you know. Mm. So checking on me, uh, seeing how I am, us talking about stupid stuff, sending TikToks to each other, you know. And then I think my family. Um, my children, my husband, I think they do something for me, for my heart. They humanize me in a way. I can't explain what I mean, but I think all of that. They take, they take you out of your head, into your body, yeah. into your real life? Yeah. Like when, you know, when you, when your daughter just comes up and starts talking to you about nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing. That's completely exciting to her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And me like thinking about these moments won't last forever. So let me, let me be here. Let me be embodied with you. I don't have to be nothing to you except your mama. I, I think there's something about that. Does your brain work all the time? Yeah, absolutely. What are you thinking about before you and I talked? talked? Me and Preston were having a conversation about uh, everybody wanting to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phenomenon. And so that's what I was If you say about. it's the new blog or something, it's, it's the a, old, it's, I mean, this, this has been around a little while. <laughs> it's a thing. You know, everybody has, and this, that's okay. Everybody does have something to say. I think the question is why, why, why do we want to say it? Why do you want to say it? Because I have a lot to say. And I think <laughs> that if the Lord has given us technology, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, why not leverage all the doors that he's opened to talk about him? But I'm also very flexible and always open to the possibility of him saying, no, stop it. Be quiet. Because that would be easier anyway. What's your favorite thing to do that you do? Preach. I like preaching. Do you feel like podcasting mm-hmm. is like it? Do you feel like podcasting is preaching or do you feel like it's totally no, different? No, no. Because with podcasting, I'm having a conversation with my husband, right? And so it's a conversation that we would otherwise have but not record. Uh, it's It's been nothing but obedience that... I've continued podcasting. I I don't necessarily want to do it. I, I would prefer to not, but it, it's over here serving the kingdom. People are being blessed and they seeing Jesus and loving him. So it's been nothing but me waiting for God to say, you give me the green light and I will stop podcasting today. It, it, I, my life would be easier. So yeah. pray for me, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just picturing you doing that downstairs with all your kids. <laughs> Y'all see yeah, podcasts from her we house. Do, we do it during nap time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, all right. So do you feel like you're doing the thing? Do you feel like you're at peace in your soul right now? I do. 
Yeah, I think if anything, I think if I ever feel insecure, it's if I'm giving my children enough. Am I discipling them enough? Am I teaching them enough? Do they have, should they be in cheerleading? Should they be in piano? Are there activities that I'm, like, am I too distracted by ministry that I'm not certain, like, mm-hmm. making them full and whole human beings? I I think that's the part of my life that I'm always wondering is, is that good enough, my, my mm-hmm. mothering? You got to have help, Jackie. You Do you yeah. have enough help? How's that go? Yeah. My mother lives with me. So she is, she is very practically helpful. Like my yeah. mother's a busy body. She's, she, she, she can't, she can't not sit down. So even what you see me do publicly is because I've just inherited this busy body spirit. And <laughs> she's always <laughs> cleaning, folding, watering stuff. Like rest is not a thing for her. So she's helpful. And then we also have uh, a nanny who helps us during the day with, you know, just watching the kids so that I can write or do podcasts or have this conversation with you. And then after three yeah. thirty, everybody is off, and I cook dinner and read Narnia. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. I, I do feel like there's not a super person. Like people, we all have help, and there's yeah. a way that this is all getting done with our yeah. people, especially yours. I mean, you got a lot of littles right now. So, yeah. how do you have fun? Is that a value of yours at all? <laughs> it is. I, I haven't had fun per se in a while. If I were to have fun, it would be having game nights, playing mm. Monopoly and Spades. Um, that would be fun to me. But I haven't created space for that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's hysterical and dorky that that's what your fun is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we need to be better friends, Jackie. I will help you think bigger and better about your fun. I, I love games. Or going out to eat is fun to me. Watching documentaries is fun to me, but watching a documentary and being able to talk about it, like it's not enough just to watch it. It, it, I want to actually discuss it and say, is it that interesting? For example, Netflix has a new documentary about Jewel, the like little smoking thing. I and saw you just, post about that and now I want to watch it now. You need to. It's one. You think it's a sermon illustration? illustration. It, Tell I, me. I, how? Watch it. So they, they created this device so as to help eliminate people smoking actual cigarettes, right? But then they created a device, but marketed it to a generation of people who weren't actually smoking cigarettes. So you just created another addiction and another problem. And to me, it feels like licentiousness versus legalism. You created a cleaner way to die. They're still dying. <laughs> they just die differently. And I, just, oh, I, think, I think that's a parable. I mean, it's real though. Like the addiction of my kids' friends, your kids aren't old enough yet, but young. I mean, starting in seventh grade, sixth grade, like they're getting this stuff. It's real. No, it's that. All right. So um, you're in your car. You're going to film something. You're going to record yourself talking about something. Is it just what's on your mind in that moment? Like what? Take us behind your brain. You're thinking about, like I watched one about, like spiritual authority or can't remember now what it was just recently from TikTok. And you're just sitting there thinking about spiritual authority. I mean, I, a part of me asked you this out of mad respect and I'm not that totally different. <laughs> <because> <laughs> yeah. These things too. I don't always push record, um, but that's just going on in your brain on a Tuesday. Yeah. I'm always processing. 
Yeah, I'm always processing. I don't share half of what I process because I don't necessarily think that that's great leadership to vent or to communicate unprocessed thoughts out loud to a people that might land in ways that are unhelpful. And so I'm also thinking about, is it, would it be helpful to share this? If not, then process it with a human being that you actually know. But I'm going to yeah. process it either way. You tackle crazy stuff that... You think so? I do a little. I mean, I think sometimes it's gotten you in a little trouble, but largely yeah. it's like you can talk about big issues. Like you just dropped a podcast on um, homosexuality and it doesn't feel like it, you're getting blown up about it. Like how how mm-hmm. do you... How is it just because now this is what you've been through and this is what you talk about? Like, did you ever get a ton of pushback persecution for this? Yeah, this in the secular space for sure. I think there, yeah, I think that the the gay same sex attraction conversation it, it feels a bit typical now, and so yeah. I don't think people are necessarily as offended, and it's expected from me. You know, I have a whole book called Gay Girl good God. And so I just always think that it's less, the it, the content is a thing. The content makes people mad, but I also think that it's, it's the approach. It's the authenticity. That's right. I, I think people see me touch stuff that's uh, awkward all the time, you know, but I think people know I care by now. I think they know I care. I'm, I'm really not doing it for any other reason than the truth is what sets people free. Yeah. You kill it. I mean, you, you, I'm just grateful because it is, it's tricky. And, and I think your story and your life is helpful to the conversation as well. Hey, this is Chloe. And I have been waiting for so long to tell you guys about this, because if you have been around the Made for This family for a long time, you will know that Jenny has a five book series called The Story of God that tells the story from creation all the way to heaven. It's written in first person with verses under each line. They are just incredibly special. Many of you already have a set and have gifted the sets to people in your life. And now for the first time, you can find the Story of God set on dayspring.com. And guys, letting you in on a little secret, right now they are doing all kinds of Black Friday sales, holiday sales that are 30, 35% off. And so you will be able to get the set for the lowest price I think I have ever seen for the story of God. And we are so thrilled because it's going to be accessible to so many. You can get multiple sets for the families in your life, your kids, your grandkids. We will make sure to put the link in the show notes, but you can also go to dayspring.com, search the story of God in the search bar, and then you can use the promo codes. They ship internationally. You get free shipping with an order of $50 or more. It really is almost too good to be true, and we are so excited. Right now, you can get 30% off of your entire order. So go find Jenny's five-book series for kids called The Story of God on dayspring.com. Let's talk about your marriage. I'm just having fun. I'm just like, here's the deal, y'all. I haven't caught up with my friend in a while. I haven't caught up with my friend in a while, so that's what I'm doing. This is very genial. How's marriage? Marriage is good. It's crazy because in March, March 1st, we'll be married 10 years. Wow. Um, and it, it it feels like 10 years and it doesn't feel like 10 years. Yeah. Um, and yet we still feel so curious about each other. You know, it's like, I, I know you, 
and you know me, there, there's things that we just know, but I'm still getting to know you. I'm still figuring mm-hmm. you out and you're still figuring me out. And I think some of it is there, there is this newness to each season, right? And so getting to know Preston when we were both, I was 24, he was 27 when we got married. Like that was different with no kids, no public ministry, no businesses, no, like we just in a house with no cable, you know, eating uh, ramen noodles all the time, right? Like that's a different intimacy that's being formed versus having four children, having parents that are aging, dealing with that, right? Like having the ministries, having businesses, having a dog, having the life, like, intimacy and it just looks different because of the season we're in and I expect it's going to continue to look different and so I I, I'm just intrigued by marriage it's just an interesting thing (laughs) that's basically what I'm trying to say it's interesting and we're in a society where marriages around us are consistently failing Mm. you know so also managing that having friends who got married with you who are now divorced or having friends where there's yeah. adultery porn, pornography addiction or having fr- like all of that is tense, you know? And so also being able to be present with the people who are around you where marriage is not a thing anymore. Do y'all have people in your life, like people discipling you and, oh, you yeah. know, talk yeah. about those people. Melody Fabian is one of my mentors um, and she's always been my mentor, but now it's become more of a broader situation where now CD, her husband, um, they are, they've become more present for us as a marriage. So not just Jackie and Melody, but now Jackie, Melody, CD, Preston. How'd, how'd you um, meet her? My pastor introduced her to me when I was, I think, 22 and said, Jackie, wow. needs discipleship. Yeah. <laughs> we all, we all thank Melody. Thank you. Yeah. Melody. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we. And so we, how do they. Yeah, what do they do now? I mean, yeah, what's what's it look so, like now? So me and Melody, I don't know what Preston and CD do. I know they talk sometimes, but me and Melody, we talk every other week. So I had a conversation with her yesterday. We talked for an hour and a half, um, and then this 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 December, me and Preston are having a prayer retreat with each other, and this is the first time we were like, let's invite married couples that we trust to speak into mm. the vision casting that we have for next year. And so we have our pastor, our old pastor from Chicago and his wife and Melody and CD. So just trying to also create space for like continuous discipleship, because I even think that if you have a marriage ministry with your husband, sometimes people can get in the habit of planning, planning in isolation, which is, is cool. Like you need, you need vision. You can get vision from God in isolation. But what if you have people who are older than you? And have done ministry longer than you and have done life mm. and have done marriage longer than you to come and speak into that. But that's something I learned through discipleship. So I'm always mm. thinking, how can we invite other people to give us wise counsel in this situation? Always. Because I would be a fool if I didn't. Did they suggest a prayer retreat? No, I did. Tell me more. <laughs> so Crawford the Ritz, I had a class with him uh, a couple months ago. And he said, every married couple needs at least two to three days a year, well, not two to, uh, two to three times a year where they get away, get quiet and they pray mm. and they, they talk. Where are we? Where are yep. we going? How are we doing? And yeah. the pandemic messed that up because we was doing it all the time. It's, we ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. To say, where are Sick we? Sick of each other. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we good. We, we didn't have yeah. 30,000 
um, meetings. But I think since <laughs> the pandemic has lifted, everybody's gotten busy again. Yeah, we actually need true. to remember to like schedule pauses to to recalibrate. I love it. We did that. We did that every quarter, every mm. I'd say several months. And mm-hmm. it, you know, we when our kids were little, we didn't ever get real big vacations. You're good about mm. that, but we yeah, because you always miss if. Because you're on some cool vacation. You have if every you. time I have an anniversary. Uh, you need to change, you need to change it to April. I know. Just <laughs> wrong. Yeah, we'll change all of it. Jackie, we'll okay. change it for your anniversary. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, but I do think that it kept us. Like it kept us because we we would over two to three months, something would go and it would be a chance to just notice that thing, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. that had gotten out of whack. And especially with how much y'all are juggling. I love that you do that. That's super helpful. Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. What have you wanted to vent about lately that you didn't do? <laughs> <laughs> I can say what I've been saying, which is okay. I am very irritated by the selfishness of much of the Bible teaching. Um mm. And I have thinking, I've been thinking through how do we equip, I think you do this, I think if does this, but how how can local churches even just really think how to equip people to be Bereans? How do you teach people practically how to listen to a message and determine if it's true? The, mm. That's what I've been asking myself. People like, don't how do you think. train that? Yeah. I I would say I have, I have my thought. Please. People aren't on mission, so they don't need the word, so they don't need truth, so they don't need to think for themselves. If you're on mission, you're having hard conversations every day. If you're having Mm -hmm. conversations with people pushing back on something, then you have to go and figure out what it means. You can't. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we have a desire till we have uh, desperation Mm -hmm. to give, you know, to give it away. And because people aren't Mm -hmm. making disciples, and I'm talking about just, I'm not talking about what we do. I'm talking about the hopefully what both of us do in our real life too is just who are the people we're discipling like who are the mm-hmm. people that that you know their name you know their problems you know their struggles and if you have that then you're going to have somebody looking back at you going I don't know if I, that's true like why is that yeah. true and then all of a sudden yeah. you have to come to it yourself and figure uh-huh. it out but what do you what do you think yeah that's helpful because I think so much of 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 how we listen is a part of who we are right? And what, what is shaping the way we tick. And so what it sounds like to me, you're saying is if you are comfortable, then of course you're careless in how you interrogate the teaching you listen to. And perhaps you want to listen to teaching that reinforces your comfort instead of challenging, challenging you out of it. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're actually in a rhythm of giving away truth, you know, it's, it's all of us should be teachers right everybody yeah. that's that's when I got good was when and when I wanted to study and when I wanted to understand for myself was when I was giving it away to a little living room of girls and and if I felt responsible and I felt like they've got to they've got to yeah. be able to do this but yeah. because discipleship isn't taught in the church then you don't have anybody it's all stagnant water it's like all going in and it just sits there and it doesn't yeah. go anywhere and so yeah so what are you what are you saying though? That's I, I I kind of feel like I'm saying one thing and you're bothered by something else. It's how do we discern truth? But I guess you draw that out is you you don't discern truth just to understand it, but to apply it, right? So if in Matthew 28, God says, 
go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What is a part of the discipleship? Teaching them to obey. So we don't just teach so that people can understand intellectually, but we teach so that they can believe and behave according to what they know. And so I think that's the bigger picture is if people are listening to teaching that is highly self-centered, then the way they live is self-centered, right? Mm. So the way you live is I am comfortable, I am safe, I am successful, I am this, I am that. I am, Like we become lovers of ourselves because the teaching itself is like a self But if, if the teaching is true insofar as it exalts Jesus above everything, and what he's told us to do and who he is and like his preeminence, then I think that demands a response that is God-centered. And so I don't know if I'm even making sense, but to me, it's like we would see a shift even in how our churches and the world functions. If everybody was on mission, like for real, the world would change. It would have to. That's it. But the problem is, you know, you're looking at two decades of consumeristic Christianity or more, yeah. you know, starting yeah. in the na- 80s, really. You have How did it start? Because I, I am writing a paper about this, so I, I need sources. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there was a whole movement of the whole goal was to attract the person mm. to, you know, I mean, the, the attractional church model was mm. was a whole thing. And, you know kind of launched the mega church. And, and again, Mm -hmm. I go to a big church and we all know there's not a problem with numbers. There's not a problem with size. It's, it's discipleship. It's, are you known? Are you actually, um, do you have a smaller expression where you're being challenged, where you're being convicted, where you're being pushed to, to know your gifts, to use your gifts, to be on mission? You know, I don't, I don't know that you're right. A lot falls into place when discipleship is is in front of people as the goal, because if they become a disciple and they follow Christ and they know that pretty quickly they have to give it away to somebody else, yep. then they're going to be seeking the truth for themselves yep. and they're going to want to understand it in a different way. Yep. And so, yeah, I think, and you know, pushing- you know why it's important too, Jenny is that I'm not that old. I'm 34. Right. But what I'm seeing is that the, the longer you live, the more you suffer. Yeah, And I don't know if we have the capacity to suffer well, if yeah. we don't know the Lord. We don't. You know what I'm saying? People aren't. Yeah. People are in bondage, right? They're, they're living under oppression. They don't even know how to fight back against yeah. the oppression that's coming in their lives everywhere. Cause it's rampant. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the enemy leverages suffering when God wants to use it. But it 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 really it it really will be difficult to, I guess, endure suffering in a good way if you don't see God in it. If you don't have some truth about His nature to cling to. If you don't have some, like some some stability according to His word. So I think that's also a frustration of mine. Is that like, it's not easy to live here on this earth. And so if we're not giving people truth, then we're setting people up to fail. We really yeah. are. But yeah, that's and, a, that's a sour note to end on. So you can we can well, go back we'll, to you know we'll end on something else. But rah rah I, confetti confetti teaching. In a I minute. don't think either of us are rah rah <laughs> confetti, but I do <laughs> I do think that we are looking at a generation that's starving. And I mean, I we could talk about this. This is where we can go. Is I mean, I feel like when I look at college students right now, young adults, and I say, okay, everybody jump they're like how high i mean they're they're hungry they want mm-hmm. god 
They want truth. They're not confused about the world being empty. Like they've already tasted it. They already know. And I think we're about to see something great. They were already seeing it, but Mm -hmm. once they get free in the world. So I I think they want that. They want depth. They want, they want to understand the war that we're in and how to win it and how to fight. You see that too. I think so. Yeah. There's a, there's a thirstiness that's present. There's an excitement. And I think the general, not even my generation, I, I think Gen Z in particular, when them cats believe in something, the way they fight for it is just crazy. You know, and so yeah. to me, they are they are such the ideal generation for I think the kingdom of God, to be honest. I do too. Yeah, too. like if 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 their hearts are converted and they see God clearly, they gonna march on them campuses and let people know. Now the enemy gonna come in and take all of that zeal and excitement and try to twist it. You know, am I be- doing too much? Am I being extra? Am I being zealous? Am I being judgmental? And so I think that's when an older Christian comes alongside them and, and yep. to, to kind of temper the zeal, but also to stir it up. Um, and so that's why all generations are needed, I think. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But I think they're going to light a fire under all of us and we're going to be struggling to keep up. That's how it feels. Oh, yeah. I believe it. <laughs> good. I believe it. Good. Okay. I am grateful for you, friend. I'm grateful for how you're fighting out there. I do feel... Um, I do feel it, and I'm, I'm grateful. So, Thank thanks. You. Jackie really doesn't need any outro because we know you guys all follow her, whether it's her and Preston's podcast or on YouTube. Her Instagram is just one of my favorite things. But recently, Jackie just came out with a 60-day devotional called Upon Waking. And the cover's beautiful. The devos are just the perfect length. It's like that short bite-sized moment in the morning, but they are so deep. Like prepare yourself to wake up because every single day she brings something new and fresh. So we'll make sure to link all of it in the show notes and links so you can find Jackie on Instagram. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Made For This podcast. Podcast.